Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Episode eighty-two. Eighty-two, nice, L- nice, even round. Yes, numbers. again, doubly round. Doubly round. Triply round. Eighty-two. Yeah. Eight is itself a round double shape. thingy. Yeah. Two is pretty round. Yeah. When you add them. Yeah. To Ten. True. Which oh, is a round is. number. Pythagoras will be proud. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were talking about technology, and. Oops. I think that our conversation like grew mm-hmm. exponentially in mm-hmm. just like technology, <laughs> technological complexity. We started out by being like, okay, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. What are the root words? Why might that connection be there? What counts as this? What doesn't count as it? How do you separate it from similar types of things? And mm-hmm. like, what is it like in our lives? And we ended by having this discussion about when technology moves beyond a fork and a wedge and it becomes an interface that's so powerful and so transparent that it it almost ceases to be an interface, at least in your perception, um, and instead becomes what is. The world, reality. The world, yes. And I think... That we have achieved that aspect of technological object or technical reality mm-hmm. um, on a different level before a long time ago, right? Cities are mm. not perceived by us as technical objects anymore, but they are. They're huge technical objects, right? Extended. And to the point again, it's not an interface anymore, right? It's not. It's not. It's like our natural habitat, almost. But it does limit what you do and of shape course. what you do. Of course, yeah. Um, and I'm assuming now we are approaching a new era, a new era in technology where other stuff are that way. Mm. So first was the surrounding environment that God modified to make our life easier and better, and we are now completely immersed in it and we don't break on almost never, again only philosophers and few other people will stop and think hey wait a minute i'm living surrounded by just all these buildings are not supposed to be here right mm-hmm. um i'm assuming that we're we have started already uh, modifying not the environment surrounding us but us i think we are beyond human <laughs> at this point mm. or at least we're approaching there i'm just hoping that we don't end up exactly with the same situation where a human being is completely disappear is antiquated is obsolete f- in favor of some other hybrid mm. uh, being maybe that's just the way the cookie crumbles I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> we're gonna say that it's on our deathbed maybe yeah i mean because the next step is obviously something like android and i mean you, there's a case to be made and not just a funny case but a real case to be made that we're all we're already kind of uh, we are like really sloppy androids where like mm-hmm. oh my hand's over there and my foot's over there where you're like oh my phone's over there my computer's over here yeah so we certainly function kind of like a like a proto android um, and not merely, this is, I think, what you're saying, not merely in a way where it's like there's us, mm-hmm. and then there's the things mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they reciprocate something that changes the way we are fundamentally and in, in the way we think. Like, I never forgot about when you sent me that article about deep reading. Yeah. Right? And so... Uh, it was like oh, how long is that? Like three years, yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. Three, I would maybe say three. three. Let's three. So like three years ago, you sent me this article 
and it was talking about the uh, ability to read deeply, which is not just skimming something. Exactly. Right? It's like actively focusing attention on text and, well, donating yourself to it for a period of time, right? And it was explaining how when you read, like really read, what you're doing is you're allowing something like a self to come into being. Mm -hmm. Because when you read, what you don't realize is you're practicing a bunch of like internal representations. Yes. You're you're practicing potentialities in this kind of mental space. Yes. Right? And like there's you just this stuff is entering into your your arena and you're like connecting names to like what does this person look like and connections between concepts and playing out different scenarios and then getting attached to people and thinking about what's going to happen next. And so you're like you're, I, I don't know how to say it in a simpler way, but you're living yeah. more, yeah. right? And when you do, when you create that interior space, that's where this, the self develops. Yes. And it was talking about how, like, historically, it's not a coincidence that more robust notions of the self and autonomy and things like that occurred when literacy became more widespread. Mm-hmm. So... You look at the effects of technological objects now, and it is moving us more towards illiteracy, or at least less complex literacy. And heteronomy again. Right. And so as, as a result, I'm not practicing my mental space. Mm-hmm. There's not a world inside me. Mm-hmm. There's very, very little. There's just mm-hmm. a series of images flashing every millisecond and the scroll and the scroll and the scroll and the squiggle and that that's it yeah (laughs) so that's completely changing this like post-enlightenment self that we think we are Mm -hmm. and so again to to become a technological thing an android it's not merely i'm the same mind i'm the same kind of human now with extra parts it's Mm -hmm. like no 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 I'm a different type of thing, literally. Because you're, you're, you're like living in symbiosis with something else, right? You are one with this other thing. And considering that we are a system, the moment you modify something within the system, the system becomes another system, right? And it's interesting what you were saying. We are talking about literacy, right? Because we can see how technology can really modify. And Francis Bacon said mm. that, right? Like technology and science... They have the ability to modify society in ways that are way more radical than what we think. You know, we were talking about literacy before, and books, for example, the printing press, a techno, a technological object, a technical object, sorry, and books, technical objects, led us to develop literacy and to making and to make us what we are, right? Some maybe you'd say it has to do with intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It helped us develop. It did something good to us. Let's put it this way. At least we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, kind of the same thing. Still, technology is driving us in what it seems to be another direction. I'm always in doubt when I talk about this. I know it sounds funny, but I'm always thinking maybe people that saw books first were like, "Those are bad." Mm-hmm. Now you are like, now you're gonna be become one with this thing you're gonna get lost you're not gonna be you anymore so i'm wondering if we are just worried for no reason there you gotta ask that with anything right yeah because maybe we're just i'm speak by my for myself like getting old farts and yeah you know i don't like this new stuff right yeah and isn't that just like the same thing as as in the past and um but at the same time i think it's important to to make the point that you're making like that we are not Again, those things are not simple extensions, right? It's not an extra limb. The phone is not an extra limb. No, the phone has become me. I am one with the phone, which sounds crazy. But we, are, but we are, I think, we have been beyond just the simple human being for a while now. Mm. Think even biologically, right? Like, think of vaccines. I said again, medicine. Think of or all like this implants. thing. Implants. Implants. We've yeah. done this. Did you read about this new trend? 
Speaking of implants. Oh, wait, wait, what? Oh, the welded, forever welded bracelet on you. No. So it's beyond, it's beyond uh, like, uh, it's categorized together with tattoos. Okay, so it's body modification. It's body modification. So pretty much people get matching welded um, bracelet on the wrist. Literally, like they weld. Like it's metal? It's metal, but they they make it in a way that it's attached to your skin. So if you rip it off, it will rip like your flesh out. Oh, so it becomes no. a one thing with you. Okay. You have mothers and daughters doing it. Uh, so that is like... And we think of those things as extreme, right? Yeah. We think like this is strange. This person has now a piece that wasn't designed hmm. um, to exist within human beings. We can see that. We see tattoos, maybe. Tattoos are... Mm-hmm. But we are... The moment we start saying, hey, you are the same way you are with your tattoo. You're with your phone. We start. People start refusing that. Like, no, no, I have, I have control. I'm separate from it. I can shut it off. Yeah. But... You can't. <laughs> you can't, right? Um, yeah, this is where the that's that's crazy. Um, and I know that you're like m- much more critical than I am when it comes to this technological is true. stuff. This is true. Which is weird because you're the younger yeah one. Um, but I I can I recognize I, the danger. I, know, I think I I know why. Okay. That well. despite that sounds weird, but I was real quick. I was gonna say sure. this is where I remember you were like, oh, do you like Elon Musk? And I was like, kind of mixed, maybe mostly positive, but. That it kind of depends of on the time, yeah. right? Because he's also talked about this crazy Neuralink stuff where basically like having the internet connecting to your consciousness, connecting to my consciousness, and like that kind of shit. I'm like, no, no, no I'm, I'm, <laughs> goodbye. Um, it was a it was a strange, strange days. It came strange out in days. 2000, I think. That was this thing that you put on your head and you are mm-hmm. immersed in someone else's experience. That's, you should oh. watch it. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen it. Um is it like D-A-Y-S or D-A-Z-E? No, D-A-Y-S. Days, okay. Um, or Strange Day. I don't remember. So the that. integration thing I think is freaky. Um, <laughs> and I don't think – remind me to come back to the thing about me being younger. Yes. Um, I don't think it's the same as the previous generations, right? Because we're like, oh, is it that? You always want to ask that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same mm-hmm. as when books were made because – and this is what makes this conversation difficult because mm-hmm. basically every other time that question was posed mm-hmm. in history, the answer was, yeah, it's it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's that. Why? Because there's a type thing happening, not okay. just a scale thing happening. Okay. And when you think about what books have done, yeah. Right to the the mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the same thing mm-hmm. as what a phone is doing, like and a smartphone. We're talking about, yeah, yeah, specifically a smartphone. Um, because if you have a technical object like a book, and it's like creating more uh, real individuality, not like quasi individuality, mm-hmm. which is like I think the the draw for many people of, mm-hmm. of the contemporary technical objects, mm-hmm. but like expanding yourself, becoming more intelligent, becoming more interested, becoming more worldly, becoming mm-hmm. like all of these things, right? Like becoming better at interacting mm-hmm. in the world as a result of, as a result of thinking and learning mm-hmm. how to do these things and enriching yourself versus something that's literally undoing that. Like it's it's removing the possibility for that mental space that was created by literacy. Mm. So I, I don't think it's the same thing. Also, with the advent of books, mm-hmm. you it's not like I mean, you don't have metrics like this that exist, but I would bet all of my money <laughs> that you don't have radical statistical increases in rates of like suicidality and depression Mm. and lower attention spans and lower IQs and lower all these things. So there's, 
there's got to be a real non-arbitrary difference between this and previous moments in history. So, premise. I am scared as much as the next person about the direction in which this all technological stuff is going. However, I think that, and again, while I would uh, tendentially agree with you for some of the things you said, I have some questions here, right? So question number one, you're talking about the fact that when books were invented, right? That's what this when we started, when literacy started expanding and everyone could read a book. Um, we got to the point, you're saying, well, you're expanding yourself. You are, um, you're becoming more worldly. You're learning how to interact with others. There's all these things, right, that are... Uh, you're practicing thinking. You're practicing thinking. All these things, right, are... I... Let's put it this way. I agree with this, right? But there's also the somebody can say, well, but what about people that are just escaping reality by reading books at all times? No doubt. No the doubt. bookworm, the one that doesn't actually the only life that this person has is within the book, right? Uh and it's you're always uh, on this imaginary quests and, and travels, but you're unable to look at me in the eyes because you cannot make eye contact because you're not used to it, right? This happened. Um, on the other end, though, and we can we can think that this is the glitch, right? The books, generally speaking, did the opposite, but then some people misused it and did the things that I just described. But can the same be said for technological stuff, for technical tools that we have right now? Uh, a phone, for example, since it's the one that we're using, it can be used to keep yourself more informed. It can be used to become more worldly. You have like, there's the power of a million books in the phone, right? You can do exactly the same thing that you're doing with the food, with the with the book. You were doing with the book. You can do it with the phone. Some things are a little bit more difficult. The act of reading. Uh, I found it more difficult on the phone than than I that, that's on the book. But maybe if you used to read on your phone, you're fine. Um, it might be used to develop exactly all the same things, and yet I will agree with you, is not doing it. And the question is, can we have a discussion before? Is it possible that the problem is not the technical object, but that it is instead? the way we have decided to use the technical object. It's like we have decided, I don't think autonomously, but even if it was, we collectively decided that we're all going to become bookworms and we're all going to become isolated beings and use the book just to have this fantastic and yet lonely uh, kind of experiences rather than, than mm -hmm. the other. But again, that's not technology's fault. If anything is whoever is pushing the use of technology that way's fault, which, dare I say, might be the system where we live. Uh -oh. <laughs> Starts with the C. <laughs> might be that. Um, so yeah, I, I was wondering if you're gonna uh, bring this stuff up, and I think like anyway, we've talked about this before. Yeah, so. yeah. So. Obviously, there has been times when I've used my phone, when anyone has used their phone, and they've done something enriching. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Um, but ultimately, it seems more of like an exception rather than the rule. So the opposite to what I was saying with the book. The opposite of with the book. And I think something very interesting about the distinction between pre-phone world and post-smartphone uh, world is when you when you engage with a piece of art when you read a book when, when you watch a movie it is true that you kind of you lose yourself right this mm -hmm. is the whole basis of mm -hmm. uh, it's of aesthetic experience mm -hmm. but you come back and you are more than what you were before that experience Yes. Right. 
if yeah and you don't you are still part of the physical world you are still embodied mm-hmm. but i believe that when you use when you are being with the smartphone which is mm-hmm. i know um i didn't read it but i know this guy tiger roholt wrote in a book or an essay with that same title mm-hmm. and i've been like oh i gotta check that out so i don't know if this stuff is in there or not um but when you do that it's moving you towards disembodiment mm. you're becoming more and more detached from physical reality whether it's like i'm not i'm running into a car because mm-hmm. i'm looking at this or I, I forget everything about my body, you're becoming more of just like a free-floating, just nothing, right? Mm. And in addition to the disembodied aspect, the phone also pushes us more towards this thing we would call post-scarcity. We're still not post-scarce, right? Because it's made out of raw materials and whatever. But the possibilities of properties and information on a phone is approaching infinity more mm-hmm. so than the, than the book on the mm-hmm. table, which has a very limited mm-hmm. amount of things it can do. Mm-hmm. And I think when you move, when the more you move away from scarcity, the more you move away from value, and the more you move away from attention, mm-hmm. and the more you move away from care, and as a result of all those things, you automatically become more nihilistic. Mm. And so I think the problem with the, the smartphone is that, yes, it's a tool that in theory can be used in certain ways, but there's built-in features, not bugs, of the, the technicality yeah. of it that automatically move you more towards disembodiment and nihilism. Um, so... Let's put it this way. I think that the physical data, that the physical data um, kind of um, it kind of seems to prove what you're saying, right? So if we look effectively at what is happening, right, it seems that people are becoming more disembodied and disenchanted at the same time with the world and they're favoring this this life that is not in the physical world let's put it this way right even friendships and stuff like that they're happening more and more on on, on a plane there's not there's not physical and you're saying that this leads also to nihilism because they're moving because that thing is too many stuff, right? We are moving towards things are not scarce anymore. You have everything that you need at all times, all the time. And this leads to people not caring about these things anymore. And also I'm assuming we are moving towards a loss of, let's call it meaning. Absolutely. Right. And that is that is kind of... It seems, sounds accurate, right? I'm thinking Gulliver's uh, travels uh, when he goes to the to the land where there are those people that live forever uh, and they don't care about anything because life is not scarce anymore, so everything loses meaning, right? They don't even talk to each other anymore, right? So it seems you're describing a, a, a reality that kind of is moving in that direction. You're saying that that is the difference that there is between the phone and the book, which, again, once more... It seems to be intuitively correct. There are two things, though, that I that do not pan out here, in my opinion, um, at least the way I understand them. The first one is that even that, right? If when people are doing this, when people are doing this, people are making a mistake of reason, right? Because they're thinking that. All the things that we mentioned are less scarce because they are readily available to them. What they're not computing in there, though, is the fact that their time is still limited. And 
while they are all available, if you do not actually engage into these things and you don't engage with these things in a meaningful way, yes, they can be readily available, but you're not, not going to be able to access them because your time is limited. So the fact that there is a, a specific time which you can live and there's a specific time within your life where you can access certain things, and if you don't do it, that's gone and it's lost forever, right? I mean, there's certain kinds of, uh, you can travel places in theory all your life. But there are certain kinds of travels that you will never do. You will never go and travel, uh, I don't know, in a place where you have to. I I think I'm I'm never going to go to Mount Everest, right? Okay. At this point in my life, I am 45. Even if I plan to go tomorrow, I need to train before before I go there because <laughs> I'm going to die just by getting out of the plane <laughs> if I don't, and so on and so on. And certain experiences are gone. I'm it's, you're not going to be able to do them. So those are the things that are scarce, and those are the things that are uh, meaning. They're, they're attached to your life rather than the interface or the interaction that you have with that. Because the moment you, and that's the issue, that's the real issue, the moment you outsource completely your experience to that thing, then you're done. And also, the other thing that doesn't pan out is if what you're saying is true, Maybe I don't know because, again, <laughs> I don't pay much attention to this thing that I'm about to say. So maybe I'm saying something that's not <laughs> okay. true. Um, but I'll, I'll bet I'm, I kind of want to bet that I'm right on this. If what you're saying is true, so that the fact that things that are more readily available right, become less valuable to people and we consume them even less, we don't care much. I don't think the porn is losing any sort of viewers. I mm -hmm. think there's much more people consuming porn and pornography now mm -hmm. than there was before. And I'm assuming the porn is like super available everywhere in a level that I can Absolutely. imagine. I can't even imagine, right? But if that's the case, shouldn't be people shouldn't care about porn anymore, right? Because porn was, mm -hmm. well, to, to get your hands on, on something that's so porn. Or you had to go to the store. Exactly. You had to know somebody that exactly. knew somebody. Yeah, well, yeah. Now it's like, oh, look, search right, right. for whatever it is. Right. So it definitely, this is a good example. I think both the things you say were good responses. Um, regarding the first thing about the moment you stop, mm -hmm. you got your time back, right? Yeah. And your time is still scarce. That's true. Um, but I... The world didn't stop. No, that's the right? problem. So in theory, mm -hmm. if the whole world was like, we're going to stop, then you would be good. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that the world doesn't and probably is not going to stop, I think that's that's part of the issue. Absolutely. Um, and we are part of the issue as well. I mean, uh, yeah, do you I remember mean, how right, people right. Were, were, to say mildly, complaining uh, in the building where we teach because there was no internet all of a sudden and I cannot access my Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, yeah. How am I going to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's like plenty of people that have to cancel classes because they don't, cannot have their normal interface. So That's I crazy. canceled one of my classes too. But it Did wasn't, you really? But not for that because oh, okay. there was no air conditioning. I was dying. Okay. <laughs> different technology. <laughs> different technology, but still, it's different, mm -hmm. right? You build a thing which is all whole glasses so it becomes like a yeah. a greenhouse there I, I couldn't but people have said oh we don't have Wi-Fi the, the students will be like I have no Wi-Fi what can I do yeah this is bad and to the extent that we contribute to that we're we're blameable I yeah. absolutely agree yeah. um, but, but the there, other there thing there is hope there because we can change these things we, we could try mm -hmm. um, the other thing you said about um, pornography so before before that I was going to say the just stopping part mm -hmm. I, I think we're not like I didn't mention it. You didn't mention it. Heeding the fact that this stuff, and I've said this in the past, is literally like a drug. Like it oh, is a absolutely. drug, right? Everyone is addicted to a drug, mm -hmm. and nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. And they say like, "Oh, that's a funny metaphor." I'm like, "No, no, no. that's not a metaphor." No, I agree with you, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're addicted to a drug, you can't really think for yourself sometimes, right? That's why um, you need philosophers. That's right. To give you the drugs or what? Both. <laughs> First give it to you and then take it away. And then take it away. Um, I'm just thinking of all the lessons that you could learn from. Here's the drug. Now don't have the drug. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like, 
Okay, so Matthew Crawford has this book called The World Beyond Your Head, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a um, phenomenology of attention, mm -hmm. and he talks about these kind of things. And he talks about how um, people talk about the economy in terms of um, material and, like, physical capital, right, mm -hmm. and all these things, but he's like, we have an attentional economy of because course. attention is scarce, mm -hmm. and as is time, like mm -hmm. what you're saying. Now, that's true, but what happens when your attention is not you freely deciding to do or not do things, when it is like, quote-unquote, hijacked mm -hmm. by an outside source? Mm -hmm. And he, he gives a bunch of uh, good examples. He says, like, you are evolutionarily hardwired when that happens to just, like, turn your... You, you did. You looked your mm -hmm. eyes towards it, right? You mm -hmm. look at the thing. Mm -hmm. So when... <laughs> Techno tech technological um, keepers, the mm -hmm. gatekeepers, mm -hmm. they can utilize that hardwiring to exploit you. Absolutely. By making loud noises on the screen, by doing flashing colors, by having CNN play on every TV mm -hmm. in the airport mm -hmm. to, with crazy headlines that mm -hmm. are always going to keep your attention. Mm -hmm. And you didn't like choose to do those things, mm -hmm. right? Or at least not totally choose them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one example. Or like when you go, he says, you know, you go to pay with a credit card machine mm -hmm. and you look down and there's an advertisement <laughs> on the little screen where you mm -hmm. pay with your credit card. Mm -hmm. And so... Oh, I hate those things. Right? So, so the point is um, the gatekeepers of technology in a world where everyone is hooked on the drug are doing things that result in you behaving in ways that you didn't totally freely choose. So I don't think the... That sounds like capitalism to me. Well, we could talk about that. I think I don't think that's completely like 0% right. I just think it's like an oversimplification, but we could that that could be another thing. I don't think that's totally wrong. I don't. I just think the fact that you use advertising as an example of that. I mean, it's a, sure, it's sure. a good. Well, I think the disaster is advertising uh, with the the technology, mm -hmm. right? But um, again, so I think it's it's more than that. But um, so those two things, the fact that it's like a drug, mm -hmm. and the fact that the whole world is doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that makes it exceedingly difficult, if not practically impossible, to just be like, oh, when you walk away, you're fine. Let, let me add something to that, right? So I agree with you 100%. I'll add something to mm -hmm. it, which is the gatekeepers are the one that are making you addicted and reaping the, fe the benefits of your addiction. Oh, yeah. They are the one oh, doing, yeah. doing both things. They're, and they're telling you, but be careful. Use this one, not that one. Mm -hmm. Use this brand, not the other brand. Yeah, because yeah. the other brand is poisonous. Mine is better. Watch this. Don't watch this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, and why do they do that? Because they're selling you a specific product. It's like the dependence thing we've talked about in yeah, the past. They they have they do this so they can make money. So I'm not suggesting that have control. Yes. Well, which comes with money. Sure. I, I, I guess I think control is the is the more fundamental. You're thinking thing. that they're doing it so they can direct people the way they do they want to, kind of. Controlling what they do, what they think specifically. Well it honestly. certainly makes it easier to do that. <laughs> Absolutely, but I think that the reason why they want that is so that these people can still buy more of the things that they're selling. Uh, because ultimately I do believe that what they're doing, this people specific I'm not saying that this is in general in life, but I mm -hmm. think that in this specific instance, that's the goal. And I'm wondering if maybe, and I know you don't want that, and for what it's worth, I don't want that either. But maybe a way to solve this problem is taking the possibility to make money off of those things. I was I was mm. reading, uh, no, I was reading, sorry, I was watching an interview mm -hmm. with I want to say his name is Mike Wallace, former. Oh yeah, the Fox, news anchor. Yes, and then he transferred to. And now he's on HBO. HBO. Is it Mike or Chris Wallace? Chris Wallace. He kind of has this voice when he talks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So Mike Wallace, I think, is a football player. But uh, uh, but anyway, not sure. Chris Wallace. Yes. Uh, and he was saying that the biggest difference that he saw, so his father apparently was uh, worked for, I don't remember which network company back in the days. 
But he was saying that he liked the news up to a certain period of time because he thought he was doing exactly the same job that his father was doing, hmm. which was reporting the news. And the news says, he said, people will just, everybody will go there and listen to the news at that time because they were giving you facts. And even if there was some analysis, it was still kind of factual. And he was that way, and he was a sensationalized. It wasn't like the sensation. It wasn't those crazy headlines going on because there was no money involved in it. Like those networks would lose money on the news while we would make money on whatever other entertainment was going on. And he was saying that at a certain point, this changed. Um, and specifically, he said that... Um, what was the... He mentions a specific, oh, 60 Minutes comes along and the networks realize, the network realizes that they can make money off the news. And that's, and according to him, that's the end of it. Because the moment people start making money out of it, they realize that attentions, people's attention is limited. So what I have to do, I have to make it in a way that you pay attention to me and not to somebody else. So those crazy things start happening more and more. And therefore, we get where we are right now. I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt that this is a thing. Um, I would just add to it that there's a, a problem of, of of values. Like, why why this? Why did we act that way instead but of this way? Values and economy is not compatible. What's that? Values are not part of the equation when all I care is making money. Oh, I don't think that that's that's true. I even think that if that would mean that 100% of products have nothing to do with ethics. I'm not sure I'm saying that. I'm saying is that when my bottom, when my goal mm -hmm. is to make money and nothing else and nothing else, yeah, then I don't care about oh, it. Oh, no, no, that I agree with. That's, that's, all that's I'm an saying. absence of value. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, yeah, I have no doubt that that's part of it. Um, I think the value discussion would be one to have too. Um, you were trying to respond to the pornography thing. I that think. there's so many things. I'm like I'm trying so hard to hold on to like 80 things because I, I love having this conversation. But um, this is a good thing. You don't have to say sorry. Um, another thing <laughs> that I was thinking of is it starts when you're a kid, when you're a baby, and and this is something that I am like bugging out about now for obvious reasons. Um, you're not gonna get out of it. But even right. when I well, like when I would watch my nieces when they were really little, right, 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 right. So that's not happening. <laughs> I'll bet all my money on that, not just five dollars. Okay. Um, this is until but, she drives you crazy. You're like, here's the phone. <laughs> you will find me dead before that happens. Um, I hope you're right. I I hope I find you dead. <laughs> and I'll see. I told you so. I'm my dead corpse. Um, but like okay, the kid shows now. Oh, absolutely! It is literally fucking chaos. It is not at all like the TV shows when I was little and when you were little. And That's so this sure. is so I wrote down the the thing about young. This uh -huh. is related. To, I was gonna say the reason why I'm more uh, critical, despite being younger, I think has to do with the fact that like. People in my generation were born at a point in history where, like, you, you've watched a transition of worlds. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I was growing up, the world was one thing. And then now it's, like, completely different. And so you have these crazy comparisons of, like, oh, my God, I was born on this precipice of this crazy thing. Um, and so later millennials uh mid late millennials i think are in this unique position but like if i would watch a show mm -hmm. when i was younger mm -hmm. i would turn on a show when i was little and it was something like shows where there's storylines mm -hmm. and they go and there we go alarm. uh they go anywhere from 15 minutes to a half an hour to maybe even longer, right? Yep. And you're involved in a story. Mm -hmm. And the story has characters mm -hmm. and the characters have personalities yep. and you have to follow story arcs. Mm -hmm. And 
by watching television shows when you were younger, when we were younger, mm -hmm. you learned tropes. You did, yes. You learned tropes. You learned archetypes. Mm -hmm. You learned things about human nature without knowing you were learning something about human nature. Mm -hmm. And even some of them, the soundtracks were like original mm -hmm. and like very interesting yeah. and the artwork and all these things and like people have conversations and dialogues and internal monologues mm -hmm. and you see this complexities and then now <laughs> uh when you watch children's shows it's literally just noises and colors it's just chaos on the screen a camera angle won't last for more than like a second so it's just constant stimulation, stimulation, different angle, different angle, different angle, different color, different color, ah, ah, pff, pff, just weird noises happening. Mm -hmm. And if with with no like real stories mm -hmm. and no tropes and mm -hmm. no archetypes and no real insight into human nature. But there's a reason for that, right? Maybe. And we could talk about that. But the point is, what do you think is going to happen to a generation <laughs> that grows up? up literally rotting their mind they didn't choose that and yes the parents have something to do with it but the fact that that's like all that's available and the fact that that's what everyone else is watching so you have to fit in socially because mm -hmm. then you'll be an outcast and that's another problem so that <laughs> is a thing mm -hmm. um that i think also is problematic with the like, oh, just just don't do it thing. Yeah. So I have good news and bad news for you. <laughs> oh, well, this, what do you want to start with? I'll give you the good news first. All right. The good news first is like no kids, no kids watch TV anymore. <laughs> Which is also the bad news. Which is also the bad news. Yeah. But because of this thing that we're scared of, kids are doing two things and usually – my kids so my son is a little bit different my daughter is the youngest i think i can see that still a little bit she's doing two things at the same time she is watching those instagram stories and those quick things which you, that you're describing right mm -hmm. and tiktoks and tic uh she's not much into tiktok that's great uh she uses something else though that's like similar or whatever uh What's the video? I don't know if it exists anymore when you send videos. The Snapchat thing? Yes, yes. No, not that. She's, she's, it's, just, it's something else. And she talks a lot on Discord with her with her friends. That's mm. that's what she does. But Discord, saying, is that a video game thing? It's Yeah, they, it's used on the video game stuff. But they use it to, to video chat and talk to each other and stuff like that. But however, so she watches those short clips and sometimes I, I catch her like going, like doing these things, um, which is not my favorite thing, but it's okay. But she's also into The Simpsons. That's awesome. That's she, awesome. She's also watching all sorts of older shows that she loves. Right? And I, this is to do also probably something with us, with I was the way. Say with you guys. Uh, but the truth is that something she has found herself, something she got involved herself. Now she's, and, and my son too, they're like strange kids if you want mm. they like to read they they do they do things that are like a little bit different so strange so strange right? but the thing is like I, with a little help and trust me i don't sp i haven't spent much time and uh, it's not good but i haven't spent much time just censoring and telling them what they have to watch and what they don't have to watch mm -hmm. but they have found the fulfillment of the things that we will approve of right by themselves there there is some literally with the minimal amount of work from the parents there is the ability for the, the kids have the ability to do that and actually some things are more readily available because of the technology that they are that they're using so i if if anything within the poison as always there is the cure right it's a pharmacon right mm. Maybe the te technology is the poison. Maybe it is bad. But also the cure is there. It's just a matter of... Now, I'm scared for the kids of these kids, <laughs> or the mm. kids that you're describing, because <laughs> they have no idea how, how things work, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I see you were talking about the fact that stories don't have archetypes anymore. Stories don't have, like... They, they don't 
give you those cliches that more or less gave you the ability of interact with the world in a way that made sense, right? Yep. All those things. Those things are gone. I agree with you. But they're gone because, not because of technology, they're, we're gone because collectively, for reasons that we don't need to get into, we have decided that those things are not important, that they cause harm rather than being good. And okay. we're implementing, we're creating things that promote those values rather than others. So it's not an absence of values, really. I wish it was because here we'll come each and say there's a vacuum. Let's you mm. input your own values. I think that there's some values in there that you don't like. And quite frankly, I don't like either. That's the problem. The problem is that other values are being propagated. Values different than what I'm definitely different from the values that they were that were like mm -hmm. readily available when I was when I was a kid. But and I think I've told you this before. Because of all these things, I'm also seeing the reaction that at least my kids have. My son is super fed up with this thing. I told you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. am like he's gonna become this like yeah, super intolerant person, right? Yeah. Because he's fed up with this. It's like, yeah, okay. It's like the other day I was like, Yeah, of course, nobody's evil. Nobody's evil anymore. Sure. It was like going on a rant. We'll talk off air about this. I was going on a rant. To tell you that, again, I don't like to... T Just in case they listen to this when I'm dead and, I, <laughs> and they're like in their 30s. My kids are special to me. But I don't think that my kids are that special. That they're the only two kids that are smart. But they are unique, right? Isn't it the case that they're surrounded by... True, true. But... I but is it again it's not that difficult people it's not i again i do not spend nearly as much time as i should probably so i don't think that i am brainwashed them into watching the simpson or reading like my son is 14 is reading uh is reading Camus. oh nice it's like i it's, I, I know it's gonna wake me up like dad I have nightmares I'm <laughs> give me I'm, a reason to live I'm reading I'm reading the plague I see <laughs> rats everywhere um, but he's again I've not brainwashed them into doing these things they have found it themselves and I don't again I I don't think it's that hard I think it's, it takes just a little bit a little <laughs> bit of attention and that thing can become the cure. I'm going to assume um, that you and your wife, that they watch you guys interact. That is true. Right? So they, yes. So I haven't said anything to them, but they have seen me act. Right. They see you life. by yourself. They see yeah. her by herself. Yeah. They see how you guys interact. They yeah. see how you approach the, the act of, of child yeah, yeah. rearing the phrase. Yeah. Um, and so, you're creating an environment with that uh, to them where you, even if you don't try, it, it seems like certain norms mm -hmm. are being created mm -hmm. and certain um, modes of being, let's say, are rewarded and certain ones are punished. And they think probably certain things are cool because of how mm -hmm. you guys react in addition to their peers, of course. Um, but I mean, not everyone's like you guys, you know, like... That's true. You once, know? once more, I, I want to say that I'm wondering if most people are instead like us, uh, but they think they have to put a facade for their kids. I cannot fathom mm -hmm. any person in its right mind to do anything different, not from what I'm doing, but from just, you know, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, I'm guessing the, the you don't truly sit believe like, all day doing this. We don't. We don't. Even though I told you, I had at some point make the conscious choice of putting this thing away when I'm mm -hmm. watching a show because otherwise I will do it. But we have Which is good. me and my wife have this rule that if the kids are talking to us, we're talking to them. We're not talking to them while scrolling. That doesn't exist. That, so there you go. That's awesome. And you know, like a lot of people don't do that but, because they don't care. Because they don't think it's a big deal. My daughter got her cell phone at eight mm -hmm. when she was eight. And she got it because my son was older. I was like, you got to get a cell phone, but I'm not going to get it to you and not to your sister. So mm. she got it younger. But the point is, I have never 
ever limited the use of technology for these kids. Mm-hmm. They just remember my son. Did you <laughs> no, see him? Video games. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. see him ever when you were there? Did no, you see no, him like no. once? No, he no, played no. all day. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as long as he I see him as a functional human being. Which is good. And he's going to the mall with his friends. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's doing the other stuff that uh, 14 years old do. And Normal stuff, he yeah. Is, uh, he's polite. He's mm-hmm. doing good in school. He reads Camus. What else can I ask, right? But yet, if you ask me, what percentage of his day does he spend normally mm-hmm. hooked on whatever technological platform? I want to say, like, you know, we're talking about waking Mm-hmm. Period of time, forget the night. I want to say 80%. Hmm. Does he bother me? <laughs> uh, no, because he's functional, because he's also interacting with technology in ways that are different than what my So, my generation, for example, mm-hmm. playing video games was a lonely endeavor. Right. Because you're playing yourself at max. You can have your friend playing with you, but there's no internet connection you have no friends you have to go to the arcade exactly yeah. exactly otherwise if you're at home and you you have a nintendo 64 you're playing yourself right mm-hmm. uh, you can invite people over but most of the time you're just doing this yep he's constantly interacting with other people in a society in a community that has rules and he is smart enough to understand that rules are this abstract thing and if you follow them there you have to follow them in school you have to follow them and they're all different but they all have something in common Mm -hmm. but again while my kid is special (laughs) i think that i i don't think most kids are dumb uh yeah i I hope i don't think i don't think it's that i think it's i think we're and i'll I'll say something else after this like to move on but i i don't want to take for granted the fact that these these guys have good they're starting with good dna and good environments <laughs> right like they have a pretty good slate that not okay, everyone okay, has fine. and it's the same for me yeah of course and it was the same for you yeah. right and like we were very fortunate let's yeah, say we're lucky, right yeah. we're lucky um, to be weird well there we go sure it's lucky <laughs> to be weird um yeah i'm just thinking uh, like i was reflecting more while you were talking upon um the scarcity thing and i was just thinking about how when i was younger if i had a videotape Mm-hmm. Right, like example, you know Grease, the movie Grease. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh God, damn it! Alarms. <laughs> um, see, that's making me go crazy. No alarms and no surprises. Um, so I would watch. You're addicted to alarms. Let's say. Oh, you, you know what? You're right. And every <laughs> once in a while, I have to delete all of them, and it's made my probably made my memory worse, and I shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um. So. I had the, the grease tape, right? The yeah. VHS. Yeah. Now, when you're young, this is something me and Claire talk about often, you have a collection of tapes. You have a collection Correct. of DVDs, right? Yeah. Of CDs. That is your collection. Yeah. And there is a, a limited amount of things. And when you get a new one, you're like, now I have this in my collection. Yep. When someone comes over, you're like, come check out my CDs. Yep. Come check out my movies. And you only have those. And since you only have those... If I watched that tape, I would take it out, rewind it, play it again. Mm-hmm. And I would see these things like over hundreds over. Yeah. of times. And I would listen to these things and they would get until they were scratched and I had to buy a yep. new one or something, right? And I associate with my collection of CDs and tapes. And it's like very integral to creating a self mm-hmm. and to valuing thing. And like, oh, I have a this. person. You're creating your person. I'm creating my person. And I look at these magazines, these skate magazines I have. Like, oh, I love this picture. I'm putting this on my wall. I'm putting this on my mm-hmm. wall. And I only have these things. And I, I'm extending myself into these things. Yeah. And, and I have them. I could feel them. They're concrete things in mm-hmm. the world. I wouldn't dare dream of disposing of them. Agreed. When you're on a phone and you're scrolling through things, all you're doing is disposing of things. Mm-hmm. You don't keep anything. You're letting something into your attention for a half of a second and then it's gone. It's not like I'm watching the same things millions of times and identifying with my limited collection of 10 tapes and touching my magazine and the toys that when people come over, they're like, oh, this is Anthony. Mm-hmm. So that's gone. And I, I, don't, I don't value anything. Agree. I mean, you're talking to someone who still prints stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that I cannot I cannot read on on a computer, let alone. So I had I used to have, I still have, but not here, like a huge CD collections and LP collections. Of course, I never brought them over. They're my mom. Must They're have. still in Italy. Yes. Um, a very large collection. I I wouldn't even know where to play them now because I don't own currently mm. uh, a CD player. I however I do have a LP player. Nice. Um. So I understand what you're saying, and it's everything is transient. Everything becomes disposable, and this goes together with this idea that everything that's pollution and polluted and garbage and trash is technology and technological. There's no other waste that's not technology. Mm. We don't create a waste that's not technological. All technology, all waste is technological. Because uh, it's fleeting. Yes. Yes. So that goes in that direction. And you're saying you don't value those things anymore. I don't value them either the same way I well, used I, to. Well, I still do. But no, no, I'm saying the things are in the phone. Oh, right? things are in the phone. The things you're scrolling. Yeah, like are, just by definition, the yeah. mind, yes, can't. But I'm wondering, um, so you have Apple music whatever it's called what like the itunes yeah 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 i have that on my do you do you listen to your music on that yeah so what i do is what a lot of people do now is they just stream yeah and so if you stream it's like you pay for a service and you don't actually That's have spotify the, the files yeah right spot right it's spotify yeah. it's um, even though you can download it even though you can and I actually actually i think it's just part of it because I do have iTunes or whatever it's called now, yeah. and it just consists of like all my ripped CDs okay. and then files I've acquired. Yeah, um, and then I I still do the drag and drop to my phone. Okay. So I plug this this bad boy into the the thing the in car. my car, yeah. and I listen to you know however many albums I have on the phone. Yeah, and that already is disconnected from CDs, but it's still only those. Whereas it's still if you physical. stream. I don't own anything. Okay, so I am kind of the same way as you are. Sometimes I stream, I create, so I used to love, uh, and I think it's a lost art, to create cassette tapes. Oh, like mixtapes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I used to love making those. So now through Spotify, I have figured out that you can still do that. The playlist. The playlist. Yeah, yeah. still on Spotify. I mean, I'm, I'm old, but not old. I didn't just figure it out. <laughs> like yesterday, literally. For a while. Uh, but I'm saying I... Uh, so I do that, and of course, and some of them I download. Some they're just there in my whatever, uh, in my thingy, in my account. But I'm always terrified that one day, those things are going to disappear, mm. and I will be left with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the disposable aspect of things is true, but I don't know. And again, it maybe it's our attitudes towards these things. Maybe we think that they are. That they have value while some people, the younger generation, they don't see this extended value that we see. Because for us, this value thing, or the value of the books that you own or the CD collections, is extended. It goes beyond the the thing itself, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Because there are there are CDs, for example, assuming that if, even if I would have them all over here, there are CDs that I probably haven't listened in 20 years. Sure. They're still valuable to me, but I'm so sick of the songs, for example, that I don't listen to them anymore. So the value is not into the immediate uh, physical gratification that listening to the song gives me, but it's rather in something else. It's that being part of my experience, and I want it there as a reminder, as a memento of that. Well, maybe younger generations are like, no, I only value these things for this gratification it gives me. Nothing more than that. I don't care. I need to have it. Maybe they just value things differently, which doesn't make it any better. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess yeah. You still didn't answer the porn thing. No, I but know, I know. Yeah, but the the general point is something like um, although there are exceptions in general, the technology as part of its essence, is less conducive to the things that I've been saying and, as a result, feed more into a generally nihilistic way of being. Is the thesis yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about the nihilism stuff, but I generally agree with you. Okay. But I think that that is not a bug of... Definitely not a bug of this kind of technology, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a feature of it, as yeah. you're saying. 
But I also think that this is not a bug of technology in general. I think that generally speaking, the more uh, efficient technology gets, the more this feature it will have, the more fleeting it will be. I agree. So that is not that the book is not an innocent bystander there. The book is the first, the first, well, it's not the first, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's like the first step towards the smartphone. We're moving away from scarcity. We're moving away, to use your language, right? We're moving away from these things. And it's already into this flux, into this process that the more, the smoother mm -hmm. and transparent things are, yes. the more towards the direction they go. But we started this a long time ago when we just ripped the first stick. No, no, of course, yeah. And I, I think, and to use your a phrase you use, we we have to make a cut. Yep. Right. And I think I'm I'm I think the cut is here. And yep. I think there's a good case to be made that, that the cut is here. But what and I know you're not gonna be telling me this. Uh but what's the solution? Stop oh, technological process God, what a question. and progress, right? Mm -hmm. Is can it be done? Should we take a different should we de technologize? I mean it presuppose that there is a solution too. Yeah. Right, which may, maybe this is not. Maybe this is not. <laughs> or are we? Should we resign ourselves into thinking that we're going to be completely integrated? We're going to become the machine. Um, that's the two. That's <laughs> the two choices you have, right? Is why well, I suppose there's three choices. The the one choice is you just go with it, right? Uncritically. Yeah. There's nothing bad about this. What are you talking about? It's just yeah. it's just what it is. Yeah. And I think this is what we're both critical of. Um, and then there's the way that I think you ultimately land on, at least more than me, which yeah. is, hey, it's going to be there. Might as well do it the best as possible. Yep. Right? And then there's the final way, which is, well, I think there has to be some some active resistance. I'm not going to partake into this. I'm going to withdraw from There from has to things. be some withdrawal. Yeah, that's the third option. And uh, I I ultimately lead more on that. Mm -hmm. Although I think for some things, I, I think you, you have the right approach. It's it's tough to withdraw. It's tough. It's 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 becoming more and more difficult. Be because it's like it's drug-like, yeah, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's everywhere. It's like unavoidable. And it's becoming... Because the world is like that. Yeah. It's becoming that it's impossible for you to work. It's impossible for you to live. Yeah, because if, if you get an email, it's like, you have to do this thing now. Exactly. Why didn't you text me back exactly. five seconds ago? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, But I think that ultimately a critical, responsible use mm -hmm. of this thing is possible. I think that's the pendulum is up here right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to swing back. It's going to hurt when it swings back. Mm -hmm. But eventually we'll find hopefully the sweet spot if we don't find the sweet spot we're done as a species so one way or the other we're gonna find the sweet spot yeah and i mean the the only thing and go ahead. just to not leave it hanging the the porn thing i don't think i was gonna say anything unrelated to what's already been said but it had just something to do about um disposability yeah. like the same thing about streaming yeah, and the same yeah, thing about yeah, movies I, I figured, I figured. there's nothing nothing unique there i was saying and maybe we can we can start uh mm -hmm. closing this um a little bit i was saying i think that there is uh, there needs to there needs to be a way there needs to be a way uh, joking aside for us to to overcome this uh, because otherwise it's just it's just a mess and uh, and I yeah. I I do believe that technology has helped us has made us more functional has made us more it's easier to do things thanks to it um, but he brings with it a whole bunch of issues that are not easily solvable. Uh, one amongst the others is the one that we have hinted to, uh, and we have used that also metaphorically, mostly metaphorically, and it's something that we don't have time to talk about today probably, what is the pollution and mm. the damage that we're making mm. <laughs> with this disposable culture that we have when it comes to technological. Oh man, I was and, totally and thinking we were going to talk about that. Yeah, we didn't even get to. We could do it in the future, though. Yeah, because you, I mean, complain. My mom's complaint. Nobody repairs anything anymore. Yeah. We just toss stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's. It, it, she was complaining. I think that her, her dishwasher broke, and she wanted somebody, some technician, to go and look it up. And the technician went there 
And guess what he said? He was not a technician and said, just said, buy a new one. Even there, it's like, it's cheaper to buy a new one oh, than to so repair sad. this one. And my mom lost it. <laughs> so sad. I, I literally had to learn how my Halloween animatronic scarecrow worked because the other day it fell in the wind and something cracked. Oh, man. And I had to open it up and, like, see the little plastic gears. Yes. And, like, I went in with different types of glue and duct tape and fishing <laughs> line. And, like, it guess what? Now he works. His arm yeah. swings again. Nice. I was like, I'm not about to buy a new one. Um, nice, but nice. I, I think, yeah, the, the, the goal the, is like, how do you not just become hedonic efficiency machine, right? Where you're just getting releases of pleasure all the time. And that's the only goal. Uh, how do you, yes. And how do you not become a consumeristic slave? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Um, which funny enough, uh, I'll say that after I'm not gonna say, it. um, <laughs> It's, you know, it's like the Chul Han thing, right? The disappearance of ritual. Mm-hmm. You, he says this phrase, um, it's everything's additive. Yep. Additive, additive, additive. There's no closure. Yep. And to, you know, kind of ex- quote someone who I, is weird for me to quote, but yeah. I remember Zizek said something yep. that was interesting to me. Uh, he said, you know, you know, back when I was younger, um, what, what country is he? He's from Slovenia. It's Slovenia, right? He'd be like, you know. We had meat most nights, not every night. Yep. There was some where just couldn't get it. Yeah. Just couldn't get it. And there's something about that that's important. Yeah. And I think it, it leads to appreciation and time to yeah. contemplate. And Chulhan yeah. has this saying, to close your eyes, yeah. to just stop the constant influx of stuff. Just disconnect. Uh, yes, and we need a, we need an an on site. Yeah, I believe is the, is the phrase he used an yeah. abort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's well, that's it. I don't think we solved anything. No, nope. uh, but I think we ranted enough, and yep. we we should. You guys should have a good idea of <laughs> where we stand, at least, right? Yeah, how to how to prevent being nowhere, yes. which is ultimately the side effect of, of being with these things. Yes, and, you know, for the people that complain in our classes that we don't say what we think, this is the place where you hear what we think sometimes. Dude, I went off. I, that was me. That was me forgetting we're in a podcast a little bit. I, I know, I know. Um, so fine. I'm happy. This was our, I think this might have been our longest one. It is. Which I'm happy about that. Well, people, see you later. See ya. Bye.